0: So I want to believe about myself that I'm a generous person, that uh, I love to give things away and help people out. That's what I want to feel about myself. I don't want to think of myself as cheap or being stingy or um, I just don't like to think of my, what, myself that way. So as I was preparing to, to preach through, uh, you know, we've been tre- pre- going through the Bible, there's This uh, year, and we're we're finishing the New Testament, as Daryl said today, and we're coming to the last book of the Old Testament, which is the book of Malachi. And as I was reading through Malachi, I said, "Okay, so." I could preach it this way. I could talk about how Malachi is the last book, the, one of the la, the last three minor prophets that came after the people came back into the land, and was kind of the temple had been rebuilt, the walls had been rebuilt, and Malachi as the people have returned to the city, now they need to return to God, and that's a great message, and we can. You know just keep it very general and very nice and very kosher and and everybody you know will just say well that's great and then 400 years of silence according to written uh, revelation or, and, and then we can jump into the new testament next week and then i started reading through malachi and i started seeing a, a theme there that i said you know this is something That uh, Malachi was saying to the people who had returned back into the land But more importantly it was something he was saying to me and I didn't like what he had to say I didn't like it Uh, Let's just say I I, I identified with it a a little more than I expected a little more than I wanted And, And what Malachi was essentially saying to the people is not only are you not generous? Not only are you cheap? You're thieves You're not stealing from each other Stealing from God I never thought of myself as being a a stealing from God Then I read the book of Malachi. I go Wow, that's not what I want to see But the good news is he shows us Not only did he show me a blind spot that I have and the people certainly in his day had but and, And I saw it as my blind spot too It's something I think that every one of us shares to a certain extent some more than others, but I think all of us do. And so what we want to do this weekend is we want to look at what is that blind spot? And how do we see it and how do we do something about it? And what do we do about it when we see it? And so that's kind of what we want to look at. But uh, let's get to where the people were and then we can get to where we are and then we can talk about how we get out of it. So the first thing is we see that, as I said before, it says they were stealing from God. we're literally stealing from God. And and, and let me read the passage. This is Malachi. This is chapter uh, 1. And uh, I'm going to jump down to verse 6. The Lord of heaven's army says to the priest, a son honors his father and a servant respects his master. If I am your father and master, where are the honor and respect I deserve? You show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we ever shown contempt for your name? You have shown contempt by offering defiled sacrifices on your altar. Then you ask, how have we defiled the sacrifices? You defile them by saying, the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. When you give blind animals as sacrifices, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? Trying to give gifts like that. Try giving gifts like that to your governor and see how pleased he is, says the Lord of heaven's army. Go ahead, beg God to be merciful to you. But when you bring that that kind of offering, why should he show you favor at all, any favor at all? Ask the Lord of heaven's army, how I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of heaven's army, and I will not accept your offerings. Now they, it was very clear They knew what they were supposed to bring They were supposed to bring perfect offerings They were supposed to bring offerings that were the first fruits Not what was left over Not was, hey, you know, we have this in the barn It was supposed to be the best of the field The first, the best, the very best of God They were to bring it to the altar Bring, bring it to the God, the storehouse To the temple, to God's temple Not only that they were to bring the best of the animals. They, they weren't to have any blemishes. They weren't to have any de- defects. They were to be perfect. They weren't to be lame. They weren't to be sick. They weren't to be uh, maimed. They were to be perfect. And he, it's kind of in, in, in the text, it's, it's amazing because he says, he says, bring those to your governor. Do you think he'll be happy about that? I mean, think about that. If you were a, 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 a gardener or if you were uh, raising animals and you were able to bring to, and I, I can't make this illustration without making it political, I guess, to the governor of Iowa or to the president of the United States. And some of you would say, well, I don't want to do that. Well, just, you know, think of your best president or the best governor you ever had, all right? So get over that. And, and, but, but what would you bring? You'd say, okay, there's, there's a little lame, really ugly looking. Let's take that. No, you'd say, let's bring the best, right? This is going to be a photo op. This is, this, we want to bring the best. And he says, you wouldn't bring that. Instead, they're bringing the leftovers, the defected, the diseased. And, and basically, he's saying, you totally disrespect me. If that's what you're going to do, just shut the temple doors right now. Not only that, they were stealing from God because they were withholding their tithe. Notice what he says here. He says, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When do we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of Heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. The people stopped bringing their tithe. Well, they, they stopped bringing their tithe that they were required to bring to God. Uh, this was a clear requirement of the law. Again, the people, they're, they're blind to it. And, and the amazing thing in both these examples is, when do we ever do this? What are you talking about? <laughs> you, we don't understand it. He says, oh, the, the lame animals, the le- leftovers of the crops, you're not bringing your tithe. Do I need to go on? Are we clear here? And he didn't say some of you are doing it. He said, basically all of you are doing it. You're all doing it. What, I, what the point I want you to see is there's a blind spot here, and I think every one of us has it. We want to say, oh, they had it in Malachi's day, and we don't have... It. We have the same blind spot today. He points it out to them. He goes, no, you can't be talking to us. Not me. They start reading Malachi and going, that's not me, is it? And the more I read it, I go, yeah, that's, that's me. We all have this blind spot. So how do we get past the blind spot? How is it that we could possibly... Steal from God. Be cheap towards God. If our Father in heaven is generous, so generous that he would give his son, how is it possible that we who call ourselves his sons and his daughters could not be generous? Instead, be thieves. Well, Malachi has a lot to say to us. There's three things I just want to point out, and we'll move through this rather quickly. Uh, Number one, it's very clear from this passage and others, but from these passages, That God takes the role to say, I own everything. It belongs to me and and other passages certainly but the point is everything in heaven and everything on earth belongs to him and uh psalm 24:1 uh, uh you might want to write this down i think it's in your notes the earth is the lords and everything in it the world and all who live in it so there if there's any if there's any debate any question very clear verse everything that you have everything that you are everything around you everyone around you belongs to god now, you might say, Pastor, you know, I appreciate that. That's nice, but I worked hard for this job. I worked hard for this house. I worked hard for this. I, I've, I've, I've studied hard. I've done this hard. And I would say, who gave you your mind? Who gave you? Who gave you uh, everything you have is a gift from God. You know, where you were born, your individual abilities, your family, your very life, everything is from God. Would your life be a little different if you were born in West Africa? Do you think? Do you think today your life might be a little different if you were born somewhere in an extreme poverty, third world nation? Do you think you might be in a little different place? You see, that's the point. Uh, we, some of you, now some of you are going to have to dream about this and think about this. Thing. This is not true in my life. It's not happening in my life. I wish it was, but it's not. But some of you have a bank account with money in it. Some of you have mutual funds. Some of you have 401 k Some of you have been, are saving for the future. Some of you are maybe at that point where you're ready to live uh, based upon what you've been saving for your whole life. Now, sometimes you have, uh, if you have a mutual fund, you have a market uh, mutual fund person who manages that mutual fund. Or maybe you even have, a, a, you have your own uh personal finance person who basically overlooks that and makes suggestions to you and gives you advice and and helps you as you invest your money for your retirement and all that stuff. How would you feel if you found out after 10, 15, 20, 25 years when you go to say, okay, hey, just want to know where are we at? You know, you've been doing it through the years, but you go say, in about five years, I'm going to start, this is it, I'm going to go for it. And uh, you realize that the money's not there. That, that, that this person has been spending the money on themselves. They have a nice house, and you helped to buy it. They have a nice car, and you helped to buy it. They've been mismanaging your money. Now, you might be a little annoyed by that. You might be a little upset by that. You know what God is saying to us? He's saying, everything that you have and everything you are belongs to me. You're my resource manager. You're my money manager. And what God was saying to the people through Malachi was saying, You guys are lousy money managers. You guys are lousy resource managers. In fact, you're you're not just lousy. You're stealing from me. And the word stealing is is kind of very, it's a strong word in Hebrew. and it, It means to pillage and to plunder. God is saying to them, you're pillaging me. You're plundering me. The, fu- the, the thing about it is the people go, when do we ever do that? How is it possible that we're even doing that? What, 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 and the, the interesting thing is they're blinded by it. They don't even see it. And That's the thing. It's, you know, nobody walks around. And I haven't had anybody walk into my office ever. Very rarely do I have people walk into their office and confess sin so that's good I don't really care to do that but if you want to go for it sometime but I've never heard anybody say you know I have a problem I've, I've heard people say I have a problem with anger I have a problem with it lust I have a problem but nobody says I have a problem with greed I'm a very greedy person <laughs> what do you nobody because you don't think it you, listen you think that person is greedy that person is stingy but not me not me it can't be me. Um, let me ask you a couple questions here. Do you have and, and this will help you to think of whether this power of money, the power of possessions, is kind of having more of an impact and more of an effect in your life than you, you thought. Do you have an, uh, an excessive concern for money? Do you worry about money? Do you have a love of money? Do you have a need of money and possessions? Uh, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. He says, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not ki- consist in abundance of his possessions. And, and, and what Jesus is saying is something that's really important. He's saying, you've got to watch out for this. You've got to be on guard for this. This will sneak up on you, and before you know it, boom, there you are. You're in the middle of it, and you didn't know how that happened. I mean that's what he's saying be on guard this isn't something that's gonna knock on your door and say hi I'm greed I thought I'd come into your life it's just gonna show up and all of a sudden you're gonna be there have you ever looked around your house and said I got all this stuff I got storage lockers I've got this I've got this. what am I what am I doing with all this stuff if I didn't spend all my money on all this stuff couldn't I number one get out of debt But number two, I would actually have more and I could do good with what I have. Do I really need all this stuff? And and interestingly enough, in the book of Malachi, we have have something that God has given his people, and I think he's given it to us today, to help us to gauge this struggle that we're in. And it's not what you're going to expect it to be. He says this. He says, bring the whole tithe to the temple. The tithe. Now, what's the Old Testament tithe? The the Old Testament tithe is simply this. The people brought 10% off the top to God. What were they supposed to do there? They were supposed to remember that everything, 100%, belonged to him. This 10% was just a reminder of that. What's the communion table? communion table is a reminder of what Jesus did. for Jesus said, do this as often as you remember me. Remember. What's the tithe? Remember what, what, who this belongs to and what you are. You're a money manager. You're a steward. You're not the owner. Understand that. And that's what the tithe is all about. Now, you'd say, well, pastor, that's true in the Old Testament, but it's not true in the New Testament. And I would just say, well, you need to wrestle with a couple of verses here. Let me just give you one. I don't want to make a full argument, but I want to make a case to say that I don't think that the tithe ever stopped. Jesus says this to the Pharisees one day. This is Luke eleven forty two. How terrible it will be for you Pharisees. For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest part of your income, but you completely forget about justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but you should not leave undone the more important things. Now, what he's saying here is pretty significant. What Jesus is saying is, you Pharisees, he doesn't doesn't criticize them for tithing. Maybe he criticized them for tithing the smallest portion that they could legally do it and get away with it. But he was say, essentially saying, you tithe, and that's the right thing to do. But here's the point. You, you make tithing into such this mechanical, legalistic, pulling teeth type of a thing, and it was never meant to be that way. And not only that, you get to your tithe, and you say, I've done my job. And you could see somebody in great need right before you, and you have the capacity, and you have the capability to bless them, and you say, I'm done. I gave my tithe. I'm over. I'm done with it. That's what he was criticizing. Now, we are more blessed than anyone in the Old Testament. We have, uh, New Testament believers have received a greater blessing. We have more knowledge, more resources. We, we have more reasons to be grateful to God than ever. So I ask you a question Do you tithe? Do you take 10% off the top and say, God, here, I'm bringing it to your temple? Now, you may be thinking right now, wait a minute, <laughs> that's pretty in your face. You know, that's like, wow. See, I could talk to you about, are you serving enough? And, and you say, well, you need to push me there. But you, I start asking you about, are you tithing? And you go, whoa, man, that's kind of, that's what I don't like about churches. They're always after your money. Listen, I'm not telling you where to give it. That's between you and God. I'm talking about a tithing principle. But all I'm saying is if you're getting if you're pushing back and you're arguing with this and you're struggling with it, you know what it's doing? It's telling you you're not sure who this belongs to. <laughs> and that's why you're struggling with it. That's why I struggle with it. Have you ever wrestled with God about a tithe? If you if you are wrestling right now, or if you have wrestled, if you you know, and by the way, I was talking to Carol about this on the way home, and she says, you know what? The thing about it is, it's like, it's almost like you gotta you gotta give, and you you you, you say we're going to give ten off the top, and, and God, we don't know how we're going to do that this year. Uh, we got college, kids in college, we got bills to pay, we we don't know how we're going to do this. And that's why I think it's interesting where where God says to the people, bring your tithe to the temple and watch and see if I don't open the doors of heaven. Four. In other words, God is saying, if you'll trust and you'll bring that and say, you're the owner of God, I'm going to bring the 10% to you, to your temple, to you, then, 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 and you know, this, this is going to be, this is going to have to take faith. We don't know how it's all going to add up. Not sure. God says, I will open the gates. You can trust me. I will take care of you. You know what we found? He does. <laughs> don't know how he does it. But uh, it, sometimes we just don't know how he does it, but he does it. <laughs> uh, what I'm suggesting is that when you wrestle with this tithe thing, you are basically taking the power of money away from yourself. You're putting it back and you're giving control back over to God. Now, the second thing I want you to look at is this. Money can either be a tool or it can be a trap. You know, there's... Uh, Eight hundred times in the Bible that it talks about money and uh, marital problems. Thirty percent of the time when there's a marital problem, it's about money. That's the number one issue that marriages struggle with. Cash flow. Seventy percent of all consumers live. You know, somebody has said my pay. My, the month runs. The month uh, my paycheck runs out before the month runs out. And you know maybe you're like that. And uh, some you know, somebody uh, has, has figured out that if if. Uh, if somebody was given, a uh, family was given, the average family, if they have uh, uh, a $1,500 unexpected uh, expense, whether it was a home or a car repair, they would have to use a credit card to pay it because they don't have any savings to pay. Now, I just want to say this. You may be completely underwater financially. You may be living above your your, your abilities, and all I can say is, that you, that you need to get a point where you say I, I've got to I've got to change this maybe you need I don't have I don't have time to go through what you need to do I want to challenge you to do a couple things number one we have this Tithing challenge card and it just gives you some numbers to wrestle with a little bit if you're really interested And then the other thing we have is we have what we call and it's this is the old catalog But a new one is coming out We have financial peace university that's going to start up and really what that's all about It's to help you set a budget help you to manage your money help you to set aside savings help you to think about this whole ownership thing and to say i'm going to do something i'm going to change and and listen it's not going to be easy it's going to be hard but it's going to be well worth the struggle and all i'm going to say to you is if you're really serious about this if you really want to break the power of money then you ought to put a to-do list to either get it to financial peace university or do something about this take some kind of a step you see, our Father in heaven is so generous and we ought to be generous and we ought to be, if we're his sons and if we're his daughters, we should for reflect that, 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 that generosity in our lives. And he says to the people, Malachi says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse uh, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do so, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. And you know what? I believe that with all my heart. I think the fear is that we say, well, we need to have it in the bank. If we don't have it, what do we... So, he, Here's, here's another thing. He says, bring the tithes and the offerings into my temple. See, here's the problem we have. And this is where, where, where the wheels come off. And I, we live in American culture where it's very difficult. Here's the problem. Everyone has a, a temple. Every one of us is putting our money in a temple somewhere. Let me give you a couple of quick examples here. Um, is it really hard for you to give money away? But it's really, really easy to spend money on clothing? I, you love going to Kohl's and getting your receipt back and s- seeing how you save $500, right? How is that possible? I save more than I spent. <laughs> or, yeah, and, and maybe this is all about an acceptance temple. I have to wear a certain style of clothes, a certain brand name. I have to wear a certain kind. I, and, and that's to feel good about myself. That's to make me... Uh, feel like I'm accepted and and, and people will, will appreciate me and make me happy or whatever it is. Or maybe it's really hard for you to give money away, but it's easy to invest in a house that's much bigger than you ever need. And in fact, you have a house so big that there are rooms and there are places that you haven't been in that house in, in months because we just have a big listen this is between you and God and I'm not here to I'm asking you to wrestle with this And, 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 and maybe your temple there is a comfort temple I, I, or, you, you may be a person that says you, it's really hard for you to give away money, but it's easy for you to invest in the market, it's easy for you to save, it's easy for you to look at all the other suckers and say, I'm gonna be ready when the market drops out, I'm gonna be ready, because I have gold, I have this, and, and I, and I, and what is the temple there? It's a security temple. It's saying, you know what, God, I know I, can, I know you're there, and I know you're, but, but I've got to have real tangible wealth. I've got to have gold. I've got to have silver. I've got to have this. And, and if I have this, no matter what happens, I'll be okay. And I just want to say, not if you get cancer. Not if you get in a car accident. Not if you lose your family. You see, there are certain things that a savings account won't stop can't heal a marriage. You can't heal cancer. You can't prevent car accidents. You see, when you invest in a security temple, a comfort temple, or an acceptance temple, you become a slave to that temple. Jesus says, well, it was God in the Old Testament. God said to, through Malachi, bring all the tithes and the offerings to my temple. My temple. Here's the last thing I want to share. Generosity and freedom come through thoughtful reflection. Notice Malachi 3.1 says this. Look, I'm sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord uh, you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is coming, says the Lord of heaven's army. And we know this to be speaking about John the Baptist who would come in. The, and, and this is what you're going to hear. Behold, he comes in the name of the Lord. And this is speaking of the one who is going to come, John, first. And then Jesus. And Jesus one day came by. By the temple, and he looked at the temple, and and in John 2 he says, and he says, he says, You see this temple here? And they were marveling over it. And he says, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. In fact, even at his crucifixion, he said he said he was going to destroy the temple. <laughs> they didn't understand he was talking about his body. The point is. Most cultures believe that there is a gap between human beings and deity, the God or the gods, whatever whatever rel- world religion you're, you're thinking about, and and but Christianity believes that that we can't jump the gap to God. There's only one way that God had to come to Earth. God had to become a man. God had to cr- cr- uh, just cross that 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 chasm that nobody could cross and Jesus did that willingly. Christianity believes that Jesus came and he bridged the gap for us and Jesus said this when he was on earth in Matthew 6.21 wherever your treasure is there the desires of your heart will also be. And as we look to Jesus we will find our real treasure. Now the amazing thing is that the Bible tells us that Jesus willingly gave his life for us. And that when he resurrected, he looked at what he, it cost him and he basically said it was worth it. It pleased him. It was worth it. In other words, what I'm saying to you is he treasures you. He became a slave so that you could be set free. He sets you free. Money and possessions, the pursuit of all of those things, will only enslave you. And they are harsh masters because you will never measure up. You'll never have enough. You'll never make you happy. You'll always be lacking. They are harsh. But look at this. It's amazing. When you set your heart on Jesus, when you make Him your treasure, he sets you free. He sets you free. When you set your heart not on these treasures that this world can offer. Jesus says, where you set your treasure, there your heart is. And Jesus says, when you set your treasure on me, you'll become free. Your treasure will either enslave you or it will free you. Your treasure is either enslaving you or setting you free you have to decide So i read malachi said i'm becoming too much of a slave for money and possessions i've not looked to my real treasure and i want to walk in that freedom don't you would you stand with me let's pray Father, this isn't a matter of just trying to work harder, do harder. It's really seeing our need, our desperate need of a Savior, and realizing that Jesus treasured us so much that He came and gave His life, that we are valuable because He gave His life for us. Thank you, Father, that He treasured us and treasures us still. It's easy for us, Father, to bring our offering to other temples. There is only one temple. There is only one place to bring it at your feet. Father, help us to treasure Jesus. And thank you that when we treasure him, you set us free. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You say to us, Father, that if we will trust you, that we will, you will open the gates, the windows of heaven. And we will have everything that we need. Help us to trust you, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.